Hiya, and welcome to the Full-Time Artist Podcast with me, your host, artist and creative mentor, Nick Everest. This potty is here for all of you creative humans who are wanting to build your creative practice into a life of abundance, ease, and where you can work your passion full-time. Over the past five years, I've built a thriving creative career where I'm now earning more than I ever did in my muggle job as a physiotherapist. I am now helping other amazing creatives turning their passion into their full-time job using my signature framework, The Thriving Artist Method. In this podcast, we look behind the scenes of how I've built my creative career and talk with amazing guests who will help you build yours too. If you're a driven, creative human, you are definitely in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Full-Time Artist Podcast. Today, we are talking about a topic that is very common in the creative world and the art world, and that is why undervaluing your work is a detriment to your creative career. And I can put my hand up and say I've done this. I feel like most creatives have done this in the past, and a lot of creatives continue to do this, but that is underpricing our work. And I'm going to speak to you on a few different reasons why underpricing your work is a detriment to your creative career and how it's simply just not going to support you or help you at all in building a thriving, sustainable and soul-led creative business. There is so much... Hmm, what can I say? <laughs> there is a lot of uh, perception around pricing your work and artists really feeling like they need to price it lower and lower and lower in order to sell it. And often you see when artists aren't selling much of their work, they do sales of their work or you know, they try and reduce the price in order to sell it. And I'm going to speak to you about why this isn't really successful, why it's definitely not sustainable and why it's just not going to help your creative career. So to start with, I'm just going to go through a few different reasons why uh, undervaluing your work straight off the bat is not very helpful. So uh, I guess if we look at a bit of an analogy here, but say if you were went into a shop and you bought a white t-shirt, right? If that white t-shirt was $25 versus if it was $2,500, you're going to, uh, you're going to have a completely different experience with that white t-shirt, right? So for the $25 white t-shirt, let's just, we're imagining that this white t-shirt is the exact same quality. Okay. So with the $25 t-shirt, you might wear it once or twice. You might throw it in the wash, um, not wash it with, you know, wash it with colors, not really care if it gets ruined. You're probably not going to speak about it to any of your friends or talk about where you got this white t-shirt from. Um, you're not going to treat it with much respect. You're not going to give it much value, right? You'll probably throw it out if it gets a stain on it. Um, it it's not going to mean much to you because it was $25, right? If we look at a $2,500 t-shirt, you're probably going to treat it with a lot more value, right? Because you spend a lot more money on it. 
you're going to assume that the quality is better you're going to look after it more you're going to wash it with the whites you're going to put it on a gentle wash you're going to hang it in your closet you're probably going to speak its praises to your friends about how soft it feels how comfy it is to wear where you got it from you're going to have a completely different experience with that $2,500 t-shirt than you would with a $25 t-shirt, right? And this speaks the same to when artists are selling their work. If you see a price tag of $5,000 on an artwork, immediately you assume or whoever's looking at it will assume that that artist has had years of training, years of practice that their you know, quality of the work's really good, that they've got the experience, that they're a well-known artist, like they, the perception of that work will be a lot higher than if that work was priced $500. If the work was priced $500, you immediately assume that they're, you know, beginning, that maybe they don't have that much experience, that maybe the quality is not as good, all of those sorts of things. So I just want to give you that analogy to start with. I will say here that, of course, when you're starting out, your work is going to be a lot less than when you're five, 10 years down the track and that your work will um, increase with uh, time, with as your expertise increases, as your creative voice evolves, as, as your skill evolves, all of those things, as you become more well known within your community, all of those things will lead to your work being at a higher price point, right? And I'm not saying that um, pricing your point, your artwork at $500 or at $200 or whatever, that you shouldn't do that. There is likely going to be a time where your artwork is a lot cheaper, but I think it's just understanding and having a bit of an idea of who your audience is at that certain point in your creative career, right? So when you are a little bit earlier on, your audience is like is going to be different to when you are 10 years into your creative career, right? And it's just worth noting that if you are pricing your work lower than people in your same you know, category of experience in the same quality of work, if you're pricing your work lower simply in order to sell it, then you also have to take into account that the people buying it are going to have that perception that it is less quality than the other work in that same arena, right? That there's likely less experience behind it, likely less quality from the artist, all of those sorts of things. It's just going to be the immediate perception from the audience. So it's just worth knowing that, right? And then this speaks to something that I learned from my business coach that I worked with a couple of years ago, Ali Swift. And she explained there is two types of paths to go down when you're building a business. And that is the product path or the value path, right? And so when you're traveling down either of these paths, if you imagine you're in a car and you're really hungry (laughs) and you see two billboards on either side of the road, if you're for two different restaurants, if you're traveling down the product path on that billboard, it'll say something like the cheapest food in all of Victoria, um, you know, quick, cheap, Um, never pay a cent more than you have to, something like that, right? 
And so when you go to that restaurant, you're expecting it to be, you know, very cheap, very quick. You're probably not expecting to, you know, have the high quality or be, you know, super delicious. You're just like, okay, I just need food right now. It's a fast food. This is quick, cheap, easy. That's what you're expecting. Whereas if you're on that same road and you see a sign that says, you know, the, um, the best <laughs> steaks in all of Victoria, come enjoy a fine wine in our ambient restaurant. We have live music every Friday night, um, you know, the best atmosphere in all of Victoria, something like that, right? Then when you go to that restaurant, you're really going for the experience. You're going for the fine wine, the live music, the delicious steak. And the price point is secondary. You don't even really think about the price point. (laughs) You're going for the experience. So when you're building a business, if you're going down the product path, if you're going always reducing your prices in order to beat your competitors, in order to sell your work, then that is the thing that is forefront in your audience's mind. They're immediately going to be looking at the price. Oh, I can't afford that, right? Whereas if you go down the value path and you speak purely to the value your work is going to provide to your audience so these you know bright happy paintings are going to lift give you the high vibes you want in your home they're going to make you happy they're going to you know remind you of dancing summer springtime you know it's like that is when you buy my work you're bringing a piece of spring into your home or something like that, right? So when you talk to it like that, your audience falls in love with the value of that piece, the value that that's going to give to their life. And the price point is secondary. So what happens there is they either have the money and buy the painting straight away, or they are aware of the price point and in their mind are like, okay, I love this artist's work. I love the vibe. I am going to save up my pennies to buy this piece of work because I love the value so much, right? So it's really important in your creative business that you are going down the value path and really speaking to the value of your work and the value that your work is giving your audience and how you do this is really understanding your why, why you do the creative work that you do and what it evokes in other people, what meaning it gives to other people, why other people connect to it, why other people would want it in their home, what value it brings to their life, right? Because we know that in business, if you're not making money, then you're simply going to lead yourself to burnout, right? If you're underselling yourself, undervaluing your work, you know, barely covering costs of your materials, let alone the cost of your time, then you're simply going to run to burnout. You're going to lose the zest for your creative work. You're going to give up on building a creative business. You're just simply not going to be motivated or passionate to continue, right? So it's really important to value your creations, understand what value it gives to others and price it accordingly. So when you're looking at the pricing of your work, it takes into account 
And I've done a whole podcast episode on how to price your work. I have a free pricing guide that you can download. So go back and check that episode if you are wanting to know the nitty gritty ins and out of pricing your work. But basically you wanna make sure that you're covering all of your materials and you're covering your time at the very least. So if the materials cost X amount, you wanna put a little markup on your materials, say of 30%. Um, which goes back into the business and then you also want to be covering your time so giving yourself an hourly wage let's just say for argument's sake it's a hundred dollars an hour right so at the very least that is the number that you want to make your artwork the value that you want to put on your artwork so that you're making money and covering your costs and then there's also the emotional value as well so as you grow as an artist, you grow in your point of view, you grow in your creative voice, you understand the market and where you sit amongst the work creative world and other artists, then you can put an emotional value on that as well. So you know the number that you at the very least need to price your work to cover your costs. And then if it feels like that's not enough, then you can put a higher number on that as well. Right. And so there with that creative work that emotional number is really important as well as just the figures and understanding um, the break even or what you need to value it in order for your business to grow right and if you're finding yourself not selling your work and you know you're turning towards you know reducing it in price or doing sales in order to, to, to try and sell your work I truly believe it is more worthwhile of your time to look back at the reasons why you're doing your creative work, the value that you're providing others and doing some market research into finding the right audience for your work. So rather than trying to go down the product product path and reduce the price of your work in order to make sales, which is likely not going to be successful if <laughs> if I'm really honest one because it devalues your work two you run the risk of your audience waiting for sales in order to buy it so they're always buying it at the, at the reduced price right and then they get into that routine and they expect it and two it, it's and three it just simply may not work you may not make any sales even though you've um, reduced the price right Again, because you're reducing the perceived value of your work as well. So rather than going down that route, I think it would be so much more valuable to try and get a clearer picture of who your audience is, who you want to serve with your work, who you want to connect with your work, right? What is the meaning behind it? What message are you trying to say? What is your point of view? Why do you do the work that you do? What is unique about you that you're bringing into your work and who are you connecting with, right? Then spending your time really trying to get your artwork in front of those people who will see the value in your work, who will pay that price point because they see that value, yeah? That is a much more sustainable way to build your business than to be lowering your price or undervaluing your work. So I hope that this episode gives you some insights into the importance of valuing your work the way it should be in order to one, build a sustainable business. So covering all your costs, your material, your overheads and your time, 
all of those nitty gritty business details. Also adding in that emotional value of your work. So when I say emotional value, I'm not sure I explained it properly. Again, go back and listen to that episode on pricing your work because I go into this in much more detail. But the emotional value is when you put a price on your work, does it feel good? Yeah. So does it feel like, yes, yeah, that feels like a good price. If I sold this painting for that price, I would be happy. You don't want that transaction to be you sell that work for $500, you give it to your client, and then you're feeling like, oh, like I still have no money in my bank account. I still can't, you know, buy more materials. Oh, I really think that I should have priced that more. You don't want to have that icky feeling that you undervalued yourself. You also don't want to have that icky feeling of like, oh God, I'm pricing this $10,000. Oh, I don't think, I'm not sure this is worth it. Oh, you know, and if someone actually bought it, you'd be like, oh, holy shit. Like, oh, like, is the quality good enough? Is this good? You know what I mean? So you want to make sure it's like a happy medium in there where it's a little stretchy, where you're like, oh, like that feels a little stretchy, but it's not, um, it doesn't feel icky either way. Right. And that's where you get to have a little bit more of a play with um, how you feel about your work, as well as making sure you're covering all those nitty gritty costs as well. And the reason why that's so important is because you simply will not build a sustainable business if you're undervaluing your work. And unless you're making money in your creative business, you're not going to have time to experiment, to play, to build your creativity, to evolve your creative voice, right? The more money you make from your creative business, the less time you need to spend in a part-time job or in a full-time job, right? The more time you're going to have for your creative work. And so if you're selling your pieces, but you're selling them at a really low price that isn't actually giving you any tangible income, then it's just, it's a detriment to your creative career. It's not going to help you move forward, right? So I hope this episode gives you some confidence and some understanding of giving your work the value that it deserves, of speaking to the value of your work when you're selling it and understanding that that perception that giving a lower price point is going to have on your audience as well. Alrighty, that is it from me today. A nice and short episode this week. As always, jump on over to the Full-Time Artist Collective if you want to keep the conversation going. It's a free Facebook group. We do a post every week about the podcast episodes and you can always ask questions along there as well. Otherwise, come on over to Instagram is where I hang out most at Nick and I see underscore mentoring underscore. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Nick underscore Everest, E-V-E-R-I-S-T underscore mentoring. And yeah, we do a lot. I chat a lot more about the podcast episodes over there as well. So lovely having you here. I can't wait to chat to you next week. Bye for now.